0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. You know, I have to give Tucker Carlson credit where credit is due. He really has led the charge, and uh, I give him all the credit in the world for introducing me. To someone who I consider uh, a friend of the show, he's been an invaluable resource, and I've learned so much, and I know we're going to continue to lean on him now ever harder. Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, The uh, Great U.S.-China Tech War, both available online, and uh, oh, he's on Twitter, by the way, Gordon G. Chang. Follow him there. Gordon, great to have you back, sir. Good morning.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, Gordon, the
0: the The Tucker story off the top this week on Monday was i mean it was a it was a eye opener um, he had found some video online that has I guess subsequently been taken down it was a i 'm shorthanding this you correct me where i 'm wrong uh, a, a Chinese professor giving some kind of lecture to other folks it was in Mandarin transcribed on the bottom in English for people so playing it here wouldn 't make much sense but in short i 'm shorthanding his comments. He said that, you know, we had a pretty great relationship with people at the top uh, and, and and things have been going pretty well. And then this guy Trump comes along. He's a problem. Uh, but it looks like we've got our friends uh, back in power. Uh, we've You know, we've successfully tossed Trump. I don't know that they took credit for tossing Trump, but they're very, very happy to have their, quote, friends back in power. That's a shorthanded way of uh, of saying what I think I heard him say. And that was a rather exceptional thing. Given that that was on public display in China, I, they obviously didn't appreciate it because it's vanished. What, what can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, this is really stunning. This is Professor Di Dongsheng of Renmin University in Beijing. Uh, on September 28th, or no, November 28th um, he gave a, a lecture in front of a large audience, was broadcast throughout China. As you point out, it's been subsequently taken down, but it is still on YouTube. And what he was saying was that China owned the American political establishment, especially Wall Street. And in prior administrations, Beijing was able to get what it wanted through the Wall Street connection. They weren't able to do that during the Trump administration, D said, but they're licking their chops that they'll be able to do it again in a Biden term. Now, what's important here is not so much the truth of that, But it shows the arrogance of the Chinese elites, that they think that they own the United States, they can push us around. And this is extremely dangerous because it means we can't deter them. It also means that they're going to do things which Biden will have to oppose. This will cause friction. God knows what will occur. So it's the mentality of the Chinese leaders, economic, political, social, cultural. This is the real concern that I have.
0: Gordon, when... We hear interviews with people like Tony Bobolinsky, who I also have to give Tucker credit for bringing to uh, our attention. And and when he says he doesn't have confidence that Joe Biden hasn't been compromised by China, how does that land on your ears?
1: Um, uh, Clearly, uh, there is a lot of. we have to really be concerned and and it's not just the laptop it goes way back with this uh, commitment of a billion and a half dollars to hunter biden joe biden's son now china puts out a lot of money to be invested by foreigners that's not news what is news are two things first of all hunter biden had no experience as a fund manager and he was the son of the then sitting vice president but also this money was channeled by a Communist Party unit that is responsible for influencing foreigners. So this money came under extremely suspicious circumstances, and that's why um, the Chinese think they own us. You know, uh, Di Dongsheng in that lecture um, actually talked about Hunter Biden and how they could use him to influence um, uh, President Biden. So really, what we're talking about is a Chinese establishment that has actually corrupted many parts of America and think. It can use it for its own advantage.
0: Gordon, how meaningful have the last four years been in terms of peeling back or uh, whittling away at this kind of intrusiveness of China? Uh, Has the Trump administration, would you call them successful in beating this back? Well,
1: they... Uh, they've not been successful, but then again, you can't expect them to in a period of four years. Um, because what Trump did, and this is the real accomplishment that historians for generations will talk about, is that Trump ditched this policy of engagement of the Chinese regime. This notion that if we could work with China, we could cooperate with them, they would then become benign. But what we have seen, especially over the last four or five years, is that China's become extremely hostile, belligerent, and dangerous. So engagement theory has not worked. And the real concern with the Biden team coming in is not what they've done. They haven't done it yet. But they do embrace this engagement theory, which is um, clearly not working.
0: What does it mean to you when you hear influence peddling in China, and and including maybe now the would-be incoming president? I mean, when, when we hear, what, it, what could that possibly mean exactly? Uh, and... and, and <laughs> Um, I don't want to be a fatalist, but I do want to be a realist. So I'm trying to to really understand what it could mean that we have a president who has perhaps taken large sums of money from China. What what does that practically mean, really?
1: Well, it means that the Chinese have leverage over uh, President Biden. Now, Biden can, if he wants to, um, can step away from that. Um, but we'll have to see what he actually does. But the Chinese do have leverage. And the other thing that's of concern, Chris, is there are certain things that we know. We know about the commitment of resources for investment for Hunter Biden. We hear about the laptop. But the question is, what do we not know? Yes. Because we know that Hunter Biden has had a troubled past. We know that the Chinese uh, regularly um, photograph, record Americans while they're in China and indeed elsewhere to get compromising information. And so my concern has been that, like any parent, um, Joe Biden going to want to protect his son. Um, China very well may have uh, material that uh, can be used for bribery and blackmail. They could have national security implications. I'm not saying this is the case. I am saying this is something we need to be concerned about.
0: Gordon Chang is with us. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, author of The Coming Collapse of China. This story that popped this week about the outsized influence China has had, specifically in California, uh, I've read in the past, for instance, that China is buying up a lot of real estate in California. We know about their outsized influence in big tech and academia. But now this, this woman who is a, it's said to be a Chinese spy has perhaps uh, had romantic relationships with members of Congress. Uh, they've said a couple of Midwestern mayors. What does that tell you?
1: Well, this is a part of China's influence campaign. Um, they try to influence people in both parties, and it's not just at the top of the political system. This goes all the way to the local level. The thing that's of concern here is that uh, this Chinese agent, Christine Fong, uh, actually was trying to influence Eric Swalwell when he was a council member in a city. And, and that shows you that they really try to nurture American politicians from the very beginning. Um, You know, the Swalwell case is important because he's now sitting on the House Intelligence Committee. Um, But it's more important for another reason, and that is that he has been the proponent of this. Russia is our number one threat, um, when clearly he has been the target of Chinese intelligence operatives. Um, As I said, they go after both parties. So Swalwell is not an exceptional case. But Swalwell has made himself exceptional by propagating a Chinese narrative. It is strange that
0: we've heard what a threat Russia has been for four years from Democrats, when in fact they don't even have the resources of the means. I heard somebody say it. It might have been you. That, that Russia's economy isn't even that of Texas, for heaven's sakes. You want to talk about a threat, let's look at who has the means, monetarily, militaristically, uh, people the The means are clearly all behind China.
1: yes, well, um, Russia last year had a gross domestic product of about one point six trillion dollars. Um, China claimed fourteen point one the u s by comparison is about twenty uh, one point uh, one last year. I mean Russia is puny, as John McCain famously said in two thousand and fourteen, Russia is a gas station masquerading as a country, <laughs> and that is almost correct. Um, But the point is, Russia could not be a threat to the U.S. if it weren't supported by China. And by the way, this is also the same narrative for North Korea and Iran. Yes, North Korea and Iran are dangerous. Russia's dangerous. But the only reason why they pose a threat to us, why they can stand up to the will of the international community, is because China is backing them in so many different ways. So it's not Russia, Russia, Russia. It really is China, China, China.
0: What do you think ultimately, Gordon, we need to, I don't know, what What can we as American citizens do? I think there are a lot of people, not to turn you into a counselor here, there are a lot of people who felt that Donald Trump was the last best hope against the, the menace, the growing menace of China, and that uh, now that it appears things are not going his way and that Biden may be sworn in as the next president... Uh, There's ample evidence to suggest he's quite cozy with them, and we'll just go back to business as usual and continue to strengthen China. It leaves a lot of people feeling very desperate, I think, as Americans. At least I'll speak for myself. So what would you counsel us to do about that? Is that a more aggressive campaigning against candidates who don't understand the threat?
1: yeah this is a, this is our country, Chris, and yet we elect people like Joe Biden, um, but we need to keep the pressure on because we can actually get Biden and others to do things that they might not want to do. So you know it your radio show absolutely critical for getting this message across to the American people. Um, so it's up to us. it's our country. We can get our politicians to move in the right direction. And so, you know, this is going to be a painful four years, um, but nonetheless, we don't have a choice. This, uh, The Chinese want to overthrow our government. They actually tried to do that this year. Um, that's a, another conversation. Um, but they actually encouraged Americans to engage in violence on our streets. So, look, this is an existential strike fight we have no choice.
0: And, and I have to say, when you're talking about COVID, I brought this up yesterday, what makes it even more problematic is this virus that swallowed the globe also emanates from from this nation. And we're in the process of economically slitting our throats to deal with it. it I mean, it's, it's almost like China's greatest wish, whether it was intentional or not.
1: Well, it was intentional. I mean, we don't know the origin of the virus. It could be natural. It could be made in a lab. But the point is, we know that Chinese leaders did in December and January. They took steps that they knew or had to know would inevitably lead to the spread of this disease beyond China's borders. They took an epidemic in a central part of China, and they made it into a global pandemic. They lied about the contagiousness of the disease. They knew it was highly contagious, but they said it wasn't. And then they forced countries to take arrivals from China when they were locking down their own country. This is malicious. This was a deliberate spread. So um, we've got to be very clear, and we've got to deter China because COVID-19, the Chinese virus, coronavirus, whatever term you want to call it, This is a deliberate act, and it's not going to be the last pathogen generated on Chinese soil.
0: If I I were the Chinese government, I would be extremely pleased with what COVID has done in this country, uh, weakening the economy and at the same time undercutting a president who's been a real problem for us and his political standing. I mean, it almost if, if you were to write a fiction novel, this is how you would write it, that the Chinese government launches a virus to weaken an American president who's a problem for them causing political strife and hurt the economy at the same time, it, it's, it's, it's really quite perfect if you're China.
1: Yeah, well, this is, in effect, what happened. Um, and we know that China, through its malicious disinformation campaigns, plus its troll-and-bot-farm operations, plus its incitement of violence in, on American streets, they wanted to, first of all, get rid of Trump, and they wanted to overthrow, and they still want to overthrow the American government. So we've got to understand the comprehensive nature of this challenge. You know, President Trump was cruising to re-election victory, um, you go back in January of this year. Um, now he lost. And so um, the large reason why he lost was the coronavirus. So we've got to be um, very, we have to understand that this was a proof of concept of biological warfare. A lot of people say biological warfare doesn't work. Well, we have just got an example where it has worked very well for China.
0: So well said and so well put. And, Gordon, we're so grateful for your brain and your input, and I hope we can can lean on it for some time to come. Thank you. The uh, coming collapse of China, the great U.S.-China tech war. He's Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Thank you, sir, so much.
1: Well, thank you, Chris. Thanks
0: for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.